This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's up? So many things. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) So many things. Um, At the time of this recording, it is the Friday before a fabulous event that we are super excited to be participating in. Love You Day, presented by Hike Yoga. So excited. This will be taking place in Rochester, New York. So hopefully (laughs) you all can make it. Um, But it's February 2nd. 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., and we are one of the vendors, and so we're going to be doing a super fun self-love activity, a little bit of, you know, recognizing the light and magic and beauty and strength in you. Yes. And sending it your way. All of those things. So many things. And you'll just have to be there to find out what it is. <laughs> Which we are we are so excited. We just were talking about what we're, what we're excited to do that day. And it is all about showing yourself some love. Yeah. And what's cool, so like to give a little extra info about the event, um, it's a full day of pampering and self-love, wellness, everything. So they have a whole day of activities wellness sessions, spa, meditation classes, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and they have like different levels of tickets, but it ranges from like $25 to $50. Mm -hmm. But we're just, it's our first event, I think, of 2019. (gasps) Yay. That's a good one too. What What a way to kick off the year. Yeah. And I, we love what Nicole has built with Hike Yoga and all the things that she brings to the table from branding, from being able to get out there and spread the love about this beautiful hiking plus yoga combo that she brings to the table and all the awesome events that she's created within Mm -hmm. um, the magical experience of her business. Absolutely. So if you are interested in joining us and many other wonderful people that day to show yourself some love, where can people go to find tickets, Bron? Uh, Eventbrite mm-hmm. and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I think Instagram as well. Instagram at Hike Yoga. Mm-hmm. H-I-K-Y-O-G-A. Yes. Or Hello Yoga Girl on Instagram. That too as well. And that's Nicole's personal. Yeah. So you can get tickets through any of those channels and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you there. We're ready. So ready. Okay. What is inspiring you this week, Bron? I have found an article that reminded me of our boundary setting episode, Mm. episode 47, Mm -hmm. to remind everyone to go back and listen. Uh, It was a lovely reminder that we need to shake the guilt when saying no. And Uh. since that's all a practice that we're starting and continuing to work on. For sure. I thought it was really cool because it's important to notice that there's a difference between being guilt-tripped and actually being guilty. Mm. And so the author of this article that I found, um, his name is Nick Wignall, 
It's from an article that he wrote, How to Be More Assertive. He said, quote, when you find yourself feeling guilty, ask yourself, have I actually done something wrong? (laughs) Seems simple. (laughs) Then practice tolerating the discomfort of that fake guilt and building up a resistance to it. Hmm. That re- that's the resistance building is... That's the, the key. That's the work, yeah. Um, and so I thought that w- that was like a good follow-up um, for us as we're... Because, you know, we were in the practice. You know, you just have to go through and start saying no. You say no to things. You're going to feel weird about it. But there will be moments when someone's saying... You say no to someone and you're like, I regret this and I don't know why. Right. And that's where you have to acknowledge that guilt. And I thought that that distinction was really helpful of like, am I actually guilty of something? Because if you say no, then you can move on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This does not apply to you. (laughs) Move it right along. So that will be in show notes for you guys. That's uh, a good one. Queenspeaking.com slash 54. Woo. 54. (laughs) What is inspiring you, Sid? There was a portrait session from New York Times, uh, the newspaper, if you haven't heard of it. Um, Uh, Interesting. (laughs) Tell me more. Brand new to the scene, um, where there were portrait photographs of all of the women in the 116th Congress. I was floated this a number of times through a bunch of different channels, through mm-hmm. Twitter, through all the newsletters that I follow. Like, it was cropping up everywhere. And I was like, do I really want to spend <laughs> one of my free <laughs> New York Times articles this month on this? It's a portrait session. But then I kept seeing it pop up using the words powerful, using the words inspiring. And so I was like, you know what? Let me spend one on this. And it was totally worth it. So if you subscribe to the New York Times, you've probably already seen it. If you're on the fence <laughs> about it, take saving one. Up your, saving up your three articles that you get or however many it is. I think they've docked it. It was 10 and now I believe it's five. Oh, yeah, yeah. It might now be three. Who knows? Um, it was incredibly powerful. Even not just the portraits themselves, but the layout that they have um, online, it just, they caught all of these women. So it's 130 women. There's 131 in Congress. One was not available for the portrait. I honestly don't know how you missed that day. I really don't know. (laughs) But. um, Hope you're okay. Seriously. Because I'm like, that had to be the only reason she was there. Um, What was awesome about it was that all of these women were were represented in the way that felt like their truest self. And once you see it, you'll know what I mean by that. It was, it showed off these women and their heritage. It showed off um, their power. And some of them had pulled quotes. Not all of them I agreed with, but I thought just some of their stances, the way that the portrait photographer had captured all of these women was just in there and I don't mean to say best light as like something dumb it really honestly was their best light um there were some women that were straight on and it was awesome like it was just moving to see them like that and then other women were like off to the side and had like their like the clothing that they were wearing just brought everything to life. And so I, it was really inspiring. Usually, you know, when we talk about what's inspiring us, it's, um, 
it's an article or a podcast episode or something like that or conversation that we've had, but to be so moved by photos, which happens a fair amount of the time, but to know that we had talked about it for one of our Women Who Inspire Team QS, to know that we have been pushing for this for so long, to know that there was such a momentous thing that happened in our country's history, and then to see it there in portraits was just amazing. So that really gave me, I was actually like very confused why I was getting chills by it, but I, I was. Um, so I highly suggest you go and look at it. It will be in our show notes as well. Power of a photograph. It's there's, and you know, like I don't discount photography at all. Like I am, I'm genuinely moved by photos a lot of the time, but I was like, I've seen this, these women, like they're all over my Twitter feed all the time. You can't (laughs) be looking that different. And then you see it and you're like, right, right. And so like, and I'm the worst because I actually cannot remember the name of the photographer. It will be obviously in the article. Um, but they are incredible. Absolutely incredible. Amazing. Yes. What are we talking about today? Give it to me straight, Sid. Well, today is actually our monthly Women Inspiring Team QS episode. You probably saw that when you clicked on this to play it. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe you're brand surprised. <laughs> I feel like we're surprised because we just finished talking about things that aren't related to the topic. And now we're here. And now we're here. And we're ready for it. We are. Um, I'm excited about this because we are talking about Samin Nosrat. Oh, my gosh. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, so she's a writer, a cook, and a teacher who's known uh, most recently, I think, en masse for her Netflix series, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk a little bit about who she is, how she got her start in the food world, and uh, the impact that she is having and will continue to have. Yeah. I'm excited about this one because I think it's like off of our beaten path a little bit because she obviously is a woman doing super cool things. But if if you all know me at all, cooking is not really in my wheelhouse. Still isn't. Um, nothing's changed. I do like it more than I used to, but I watched Samin's Netflix show and I knew about her just a little bit because you have Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Sure do. The book. And so I knew a little bit, but I honestly like didn't give it much thought because I was never going to crack that book open. <laughs> you will after this episode. I sure will. And um, so will all of you. Yeah. <laughs> you out there. Um, so I'm excited to talk about her today. Amazing. Are we ready to speak it, Queens? Let's speak it. Yeah. Okay. Who is she? Who's Samin? And why do we love her? Especially me. Yes. Let's get into that. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly me. (laughs) No, this is a really fun topic because we were kind of going back and forth on uh, a couple people. And um, I was excited that we came to the conclusion on her. Yeah. any cooking related theme is You're just... like beaming right now. You I'm also literally... really hot, so that might just be. <laughs> <laughs> you are on fire right now. <laughs> My face is beet red. Um, so, Samin is an Iranian American chef, grew up in Cali. Mm. Um, she's a food writer, and she wrote the New York Times best selling cookbook, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat Mastering the Elements of Good Cooking. 
Um, she's also a columnist for the New York Times Magazine. So if you're on the hunt for some, you know, everyday inspiration, every week inspiration. <laughs> I think it's a weekly, yep. yeah. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> hit that up. Um, but I first learned about her cookbook on an episode of Milk Street Radio um, back in April 2017, which when I was like, I just listened to this last year, I was like, oh, this was a long time ago. <laughs> it feels like it wasn't that long ago, though, too, which is a little scary. So since then, I was like, I need her book. I need her book. And then and it's I, like a hefty it's a big book. It's, it's a, a big book. It's a good, it isn't as big as Food Lab. Sure. <laughs> no, that's like a Bible. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but this is the ultimate cookbook. Um, when you also, like, just in general, when you watch her cook on her Netflix series, you will realize what a ray of sunshine she is and she is just so lovable she is she really is the way that she talks about food and community is just very cool to listen to i think the way that she brings and you know my thing with fika my thing with um you need a reason for it sombra mesa like (laughs) i i love i love a food and a community kind of coming together moment And she is that in a person. Mm -hmm. So she has this mentality around food that should be accessible to all people and understanding what works and what doesn't and why. And especially in the Netflix show, um, but also in this cut article that we'll share, uh, you'll get this clear picture that she wants everyone to enjoy all that food is, but that she's also serious and she wants you to learn something. Mm -hmm. And so both in the cut article and in this episode that I actually talked about um, in one of our other episodes, it's it's from the Cut on Tuesdays, a podcast that is from the Cut, um, and she was on that. And I think I talked about her episode specifically and talked through how the way that she talks to the person who's cooking her food is very direct, and it is not cozy and warm, but it is like, I care so much about what you're doing that I want you to do it well. It's like, I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to know to do this right. Exactly. there's no fluff. Yes, exactly. And it's like, I love a warm and cozy moment. And she is that, it seems like, outside of the kitchen and when she's taking you through her Netflix show. Um, And I'm sure this comes across in the book as well. But that I love that stark contrast when she's in cooking mode and she's just dialed in. And it is super cool to see it on the show and then hear it on that podcast. Yeah. Very, very cool. And then when you read it in the book, oh, I literally cried when I read the introduction. Holy Toledo. It was one of those things. So, like, I love food. Mm-hmm. And when you love, I'm a very emotional person. We're actually holding back tears now, which is not uncomfortable for me because I've been there. But no, but really, it, when I read the introduction, you could tell. So uh, Michael Pollan did the foreword, and to hear him speak mm-hmm. about her, because um, he was her professor um, for a short while, and then she taught him. Mm-hmm. She, he was her journalism professor. Um, which is a really nice, you know, combo of her food world plus um, her cookbook and kitchen chef. Mm-hmm. Amazing. The skills that she has is unreal. Unbelievable. Um, but to hear him talk about her is very, like, exactly in line with what you're talking about. Um, of Just making it accessible and, like, understanding the, like, science behind it, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but hearing her, it 
write about, like listening to her word, the way that she compiles the introduction makes you want to eat food. Mm-hmm. And you hear about what her experience was eating food and like what that dynamic was like and what led her to getting into this world. Mm-hmm. It was literally like, this is why I love food and cooking and so many things. And it really brings out this emotional piece of um, what food can do to bring you into new cultures, into new ideas and to community and um, how much of that and like just the ties that I have to that in my everyday life, I was like, maybe I'm gonna go off and go to culinary school. And cook some stuff. <laughs> like I was inspired to do that. <laughs> um, but she does, it's amazing to hear how she breaks it down. And that's why the book and the series and the way that it all is coming together has such an impact because the way that she's doing it makes it approachable for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so. To kick it off how she got her start, I kind of dabbled in this a little bit, but she really had no plans to be a chef. She was in school for English lit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she got bit by the food bug when she um, went, she was at UC Berkeley and had heard about, you know, people talking about Chez Panis. Um, and she ended up um, taking the time to save for seven months. It's a long time. Her pretty pennies. Um, to have a magical dining experience there. Um, And she wrote a letter to Alice Waters, the owner, um, about how magical the the experience was. And that was the other thing, is, like, when you read the introduction, you, like, you feel feel like you're there. Mm -hmm. And that also, because, like, I love a food experience where you taste something that you've never tasted before and everything is just perfect in your mouth. That makes sense, yeah. And so the fact that she had that experience and it, like motivated her to write this letter and say like I'd love a job as doing, a, anything. doing anything I want to be a busser just to learn and experience this every day um she ended up dropping it off and they brought her to uh the manager at literally um because they had the floor manager brought out like like suggested Mm. things to pair with their dessert Mm -hmm. and they talked briefly and so she read her letter and immediately gave her a job on the spot nice um and so in that time she worked her way up to the restaurant kitchen and became a cook and started working with the renowned chef and owner alice waters and then obviously subsequently had several uh cooking and like amazing experiences working in in kitchens with some really magical like powerhouse people powerhouse chefs Mm -hmm. in the food community and i am so jealous someday ron don't (laughs) let your dreams die Uh, the writing piece of her career you kind of touched on with Michael Pollan and, and his his kind of um, role in that piece of her career but it like he has so many books I mean I was looking at his extensive list mm-hmm. that he has had but he also has a Netflix show called Cook um, Cooked is it Cooked yes in the article it says Cook inaccurate oh I thought it was Cooked yeah well now I'm gonna have to email someone so that that show was it kind of explored the what four elements and how food fits into the four elements mm-hmm. I believe, um, and he recruited her also magical also magical magical experience for sure. watch it for sure you'll want bread so badly instantly and you <laughs> might even want to try cooking it or baking it making it 
whatever. Baking You're going to want bread. <laughs> uh, and he recruited her as his personal cooking teacher throughout that process and then encouraged her to start writing. I enjoyed this part of the story where she, Samin, met his producer for his Netflix show. And she's, like, looking at her and she's like, we're going to work together someday. This is going to happen. And so it wasn't immediate because Cooked came out, what, like three years ago? Several years ago, yeah. But to know, and I'm sure it takes a long time to make a Netflix show, but to know that someone picked up her energy and understood what she could bring to the screen as much as what she brings to her writing is, like, super kudos to that producer to spot that kind of talent. Um, And then, you know, once she got that show, I think for people that aren't, familiar with her work as far as like the kitchen goes or the book goes this just opened that way up and that's where like the cut article kind of came in was after that show went live Mm -hmm. and so then people had an opportunity to really get to know her but I thought like the writing piece was interesting because she's like I had gotten to a point where I wanted to do something else and and do storytelling through food And so the only way she could see doing that was to get into the writing game after um, doing the cooking thing for a long time. And I thought that that was a really, and again, that cut article does a nice job of giving um, more of her backstory as well. So, yeah, I think when the way that she breaks it down to like the combination of her knowledge of cooking and the experience and being able to witness chefs in their element and Mm -hmm. understanding like okay you're doing this and how do you not how are you not like falling back on cookbooks or like why isn't there a recipe you just say we have these ingredients and we're going to make it work Mm -hmm. and we're going to do our take on this thing or like let's pull out this traditional tuscan recipe uh for but like we'll toss in dill instead because it's in season because it makes sense in the backyard (laughs) um and so she got to witness that from like a novice's perspective and I feel like that helps make what she's doing so much more impactful yeah because in the early she literally said she was like I had the idea for salt fat acid heat 15 years ago or something like that where it was like she knew that this was these were the foundations of good cooking right but how do you pull that all together and so her experience learning then teaching, mm-hmm. then writing, then brought this experience of like I now can tell the story of how you I can relay this to you right. through a book, and then you know magically in the storytelling piece of what she's been doing with the series. Yeah. But breaking down food into those four components of thinking about cooking from a salt, fat, acid, and heat perspective, it. It sounds, you're like, what? Yeah. Those aren't ingredients. I don't get it. Or like those, how does that come together and and make sense? But when you're creating something and building flavor, that's, those are the components that Mm -hmm. all come into play. Um, And it's really actually super genius Mm -hmm. uh, the way that she has told this story in a different way because chefs will say like, oh yeah, duh. Like, she was like, so it's pretty much salt, fat, acid, heat, and, like, talking about all these things that are coming into it. And she's like, and the the rest of the world is like, chefs are like, duh, that's obvious. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is um, building on those levels 
like once you start to p- pull out the pieces of it and understanding what salt's doing, mm-hmm. why is heat necessary in the cooking process, and what happens when you leave onions in the pan for 30 seconds, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, right. and how does that change the way that they taste, and what does acid do to pull out more flavor or add a different level of flavor and same thing with fat of like what's the richness in this element and so it's really cool to talk to like to actually be in the book and reading through each of the sections and being like once you know these things this is all you need to know right you're good um and so she makes it really approachable and i think also she when she's in the kitchen she makes mistakes and like is going with the flow and i think that teaches us as home cooks that we can do the same thing and there's no shame absolutely um i think in addition to in terms of like what she's doing from the netflix series side of things she's telling universal stories through the language of food absolutely and what i love about this is that she's connecting people from diverse backgrounds that might not necessarily connect in a certain way and i love the idea of like bringing people together and making people curious about things that they didn't know about before Mm -hmm. or things that they were afraid of or places that they would never go to because they were afraid of you know going there or didn't want to travel or were like ah that's not my cup of tea right but she inspires you to get up and get out and go into the kitchen and cook the thing that you're seeing or reading about and i think that that's really unique instead of being like oh i want to go to this place it's like i want to go in my kitchen and make this dish that this person's talking about Mm -hmm. um and i think what's really cool too with the series and what's different about what's happening um, from the like the behind the scenes side of things is that she's really doing a good job of getting credit to the women in the show too. Mm-hmm. So there's intentionally lots of female presence, whether that's the guides in the cities she's visiting or the actual business owners or the faces of the people that are in the community cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that we need to do more of. And especially in the cooking world, like there There's just aren't... not a lot of women, like head chefs, that, at least that are promoted the same way as men. Yeah, exactly. And so I think just giving acknowledgement where it's deserved Absolutely. is really important. Um, and I think just giving women the presence in the kitchen as a powerhouse versus like the age old like oh you're just the domestic wife right cooking away right um because i love to cook and i will be i'll be like dinner's on the table honey <laughs> but it's because it's a you place it. for me to explore f- flavor and make something delicious and it's very relaxing for me and so i think to be able to be inspired by someone who has a presence like she does and to also see the recognition of other women in the industry it kind of makes you want to like find more of those opportunities in your own community Mm -hmm. so i think that that's like super compelling from that perspective um and just like in general the fact that she stood up for that right like that she didn't... did what everybody's talking about wanting to do more of. She did it. Yeah. And it wasn't just like, yeah, like, give me a list and I'll go to these places. She was deeply rooted in the planning and the process. And she's like, this was like years of my life to put this together. And so she wanted it to come across. And I think to have that power and strength to say, hey, this list of men that you've just given me, not good enough. Right. 
go back to the drawing board and and tell me try like give me some more options and i think to be able to um have a frank conversation with the producers of a show to say like if this is a thing that i'm working on this is what needs to happen right so empowering and and that was like her first shot at tv you know like yeah that she had every opportunity to be like, I'm just gonna ride this one out because this is my this is my one go at it, and instead took the opportunity to really expand for yeah. other people. And I think it's we need more of that in media and especially in the food world. And so to have that happen is amazing. And I'm gonna go rewatch it. <laughs> go <laughs> all of them all over again. Another way that I kind of see her impact is how she appreciates every little thing about food and about your life. And that's a thing that I believe we need reminding of on a regular basis. So how you can take that that way that she sees it and then apply it to whatever it is, even if it's not cooking. If it's not cooking, that's totally fine. If it's not flavors, that's totally okay. But what is it that you are like zooming way in on and giving life and power to? And this one piece of the cut article that she talks about how the perfect tomato would stick with her for a year. And I was like, really? A year? Come on. <laughs> and have you ever tasted a perfect tomato? I've tasted really good tomato. But again, like I appreciate her feelings toward food i appreciate your feelings toward food i also absolutely love good food Mm. but i think just that's the part of her that i am so excited to learn more about when i was kind of getting ready for this episode and when i was watching um the show and when i was reading those articles because that kind of attention to detail and appreciate what's right in front of us, whether so, we cooked yeah. it or not, um, or if we grew it or not, it's just something that we need we need more of. And like we talked about in, in other episodes about slowing down and appreciating and really taking time with things, this is her way. Like that just seems to be her def- excuse me, default setting. Yeah. And that is really um, like aspirational. And I think that impact that she can have on different communities whether they cook or not is is absolutely huge Um, and she also has this great appreciation for quality and it's not necessarily expensive all the time it's not like it needs to cost a ton of money um to to be appreciated and sometimes it does but more and more with food i think i'm just ready to like sink into food and taste all the flavors and do all that stuff and know who made it know where it came from know like the person behind it and and like that appreciation for quality is something that she talks so much about and in her show she gives life to the people that make the food. She talks about this soy sauce that's like fairly expensive for soy sauce, but she's like, I would spend that much on it because it's worth it to me and because it allows me to get the most flavor out of something that I really care about. And I think that is, again, something that we can apply to other places in our life beyond just food about like our appreciation for quality should go and sink into so many different areas of our life that we tend to not let let it sink into um and and thankfully like we've kind of doubled back from this fast is better mentality around food but again like reading and watching Samin's stories is a real reminder that we should have this intentionality around how we prepare our food how we prepare for certain things how we show up for people in our lives and how we spend our money and all of these things that like 
for some people, myself included at different points, is just like, I'm too busy. I got to go. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I got to just keep moving. And instead, if we took like the joy that she has for the things that she does. And again, like she's human. I'm sure that like everything that I saw and read is not her every day, but Holy Toledo, it seems like it is. (laughs) And it's just this reminder of like, even if it's not every day, all the time at every moment, to really appreciate and like take time for the things that bring you serious joy and her laugh and her Mm -hmm. smile and her ability to like, come into your space and not feel like she's crowding you it seems like is is it feels just very special um and I just I loved learning about her through that through all of the pieces that I could learn about her from um because she just seems like one of those people that can teach you a lot about your whole world versus in addition to your food and the things that you put in your body yeah I think the idea of it being around simplicity too is so helpful not just from a learning tool of like all you need is a perfect tomato and salt right and And done that's it that's a meal Mm -hmm. um but thinking about that from like the fundamentals perspective of you know when you're learning something and and understanding this is all i need to bring out the perfect flavor of Mm -hmm. whatever i'm eating and compounding that on other things and different items that you're tasting. And maybe it's shrimp, you know, whatever it is that you're putting together. <laughs> um, but whatever it is that you're putting together on a plate and remembering that it it is about the simple things. Right. And like, what is it that I can do? Less is more. Right, right. And implementing that across the board not just in the kitchen but in all aspects of your life and savoring those moments I I think that's a really good point of like soaking that in yeah and she is a perfect reminder of that absolutely and even with like what you talked about right in the beginning about like how she knew that salt fat acid and heat are the foundations of anything else that you will do in the kitchen like applying that to other places that you care about. Like what are the foundationary things that you need to do before building up from there? If it's something that's brand new or if you're burnt out on something or if it's something that you've been working on forever that you're still excited about, but you feel like you've lost your way a little bit, like getting back to the foundationary things Mm -hmm. and, and rebuilding can be a really um, exciting way to start again and be ready to start again because you're like, I know what lives on the bottom level and this is where I need to go from here. And it creates a whole new, a whole new opportunity for anything that you're working on or working toward. And that is, I think one of the things that I am super excited to learn more from her about is how she continues to do that. Um, So I'm hoping she gets another, uh, another season. (laughs) Well, I might buy you this book because I think you will learn quite a bit from it. Oh, and I have been cooking more often. And so here's the thing that's unique and different, just to like go back to that real quick, is that it's not a cookbook. It's not a book of recipes. There are recipes in it. But the... <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like you read it like a book. Oh, then I would like it. Because <laughs> it's explaining how it works. It's like, ah. why? What is salt doing? Why is salt doing what it's doing? How do you use salt? What are the different types of salt? And how do they like change do the things. way yeah I and like so that. obviously across the board with the other elements of the 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 foundation that she has built but I think um 
you're so right of like, hit the reset button, go back to basics, think about what it is that inspires you and motivates you. Mm -hmm. How can we use Samin's energy to like live our best lives? Do more stuff for sure, Zeus. And build our own Netflix series, whatever. You know, (laughs) next year, 2020, let's do this. If you just want to be inspired and feel like you're watching something beautiful. It's shot beautifully. Like it is, it is really phenomenal. You just need to feel good. Turn that baby on. Do that for sure. (laughs) For sure. So thank you, Samin, for all of your energy and inspiration. Yes. Can't wait to follow along with more. And and maybe as I continue reading this book, I'll have more knowledge to share. I'm excited. A a little recap. Yeah. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.